Um, I'm honestly feeling so privileged to be back here again. I know my, maybe I met some of you guys. I did dress differently, I look differently, I look quite lonely, but now my wife makes me look amazing and we have two kids and we love being here. I originally come from Egypt and I've been in South Africa for almost 10 years now. My wife comes from Portugal. We met on a gap year program at Cornerstone Church where we came here to serve on that year. Then I went to Portugal to ask her out, brought her back here, and then we got married in 2015. Uh, came on eldership at the end of that year, um, and we are absolutely loving being home. We know that this is where God has us. I don't know for how much longer. It will probably be maybe for the rest of our lives. I'd be privileged if that is the case. But we are really open and excited for what God's doing in our lives. What we are seeing God is doing with our people. Um, I think we, one of our big life-changing things that we've seen is that we don't have blood mom and dad here. We don't have uh, grandparents that are uh, babysitting all the time and being with us and all of that, but we have even a much bigger family that sometimes we tease our uh, physical family to tell them, I have a much bigger family here that I have quite a few grandparents. I have a, quite a few uncles and aunts, um, which is a privilege. I consider us partnering together, relating to one another in God's family, a privilege. I don't take it for granted. I don't take uh, even my upbringing with having the majority around me, non-Christians, to come to a country that has the majority of people that have definitely heard about Jesus, have might have been Christian at some point in their life, and a lot that are still serving Jesus. Um, one of the things that I did sense in my heart that I want to maybe start with one of my stories is... Um, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents um, served Jesus since they got married. They both left their careers and everything, and they w went into full-time ministry when they got married. Uh, that was 32 years ago, 33 years ago. I'm 31. And um, I've grown up learning about God, about church, about how to serve Jesus. One thing that didn't sit right in my heart is to see my parents go through the challenges, these testimonies we've heard, even the prophetic words we've heard earlier, they're so true, but they come with a cost of people believing, people persevering, people trusting God, even when it doesn't look amazing. And I've seen on the back end as a kid when times didn't look amazing, when times it was very challenging for us, and I looked at all my friends and everyone else's smiles, and I thought that was life and what we're going through doesn't sit right with me. So I wanted to be rich. I told God, make me rich, and I'm going to give a lot of money to church, and I'm going to save you as much as you want, but just make me rich. But please don't make me do what my parents are doing. Before I even got married, I was quite ahead of what they've done in how God called me to serve him. God changed my heart big time, but it did take some time with me. I turned completely from uh, trying to be deceiving to my parents to run behind their back and say that I'm going to church, but I'm not going to church, or I'm doing whatever I want to do, to 
got gripping my heart, and that took me about five or six years to be in the place of saying, God, you take it now. I'm not going to take the steering wheel anymore. I wanted to go into business. I studied finance and financial management, and I minored in marketing, and I had my plan ready. Came to serve God for a year, just, you know, so I make him happy. And then my plan was to go back and get a job and do everything. And God said, no, this is not what I have for you. And I had to, it almost like needed all the roots to come out of my heart to say, money is not going to have a grip on me. I got offered an amazing job just before Andrea and I got engaged. And even at the time, she heard God say, if he says yes to this, he's not my husband. But she never said that to me. And this job was amazing, guys. Amazing. Like, more amazing than what you think in your head right now. <laughs> and I really sensed God say, no. And I went back to the person that offered me the job, and I said, no, thank you. And I had no clue what I'm doing next year. And I can tell you right now, I do not regret one bit what God has done in our lives up until this point. But one thing that, did, that God did put on my heart for us tonight is asking the question, are we listening? I think for me, if I did not attend to what God was saying from the beginning of my journey with him, I would never be standing here with you. I think a lot of us would not be in this room. I'm not a hero here. This is just I'm one of the people. I'm one of God's children, but I'm proud of what God has done in my life. And I think a lot of us have these stories. But I feel tonight God wants to nudge you again on hearing his voice. God wants to take you to another level of understanding what his voice means in your life. We are speaking of effective and wide doors of opportunities in our lives. There are many, many, many doors. I can tell you this job that was offered to me, it was even going to help a lot of Christian people around the world. But that was not my door of opportunity. That was not my one that God has called me to walk in. So I'm going to read with us uh, Matthew 13, a scripture that a lot of us have even heard and learned since you were young or even in the beginning of, our, of your journey with, with Jesus. Now, this happened in a time that Jesus was um, walking with his disciples and then they got to a point and in the beginning of, of the chapter it says, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. So now he gets to sit away, just so that there is a bit of space and everyone can actually get to see him. If I understand anything about where he was at in Egypt, you don't stand with this distance, the person next to you in the bus inside the bus you honestly stand like this and you're like that and you have no issue with doing that even if you're smelling the other person's underarm it's fine we don't have any concept of social distancing at all or personal space so i get get why he did that and he told them many parables saying a sower went out to sow and as he sowed some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. 
But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other th seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now listen to the last verse of this part. It says, he who has ears, let him hear. Jesus used a lot of parables to explain, if I can say, the riddles and the secrets of the kingdom of God. And people that knew who Jesus is, his teaching, understood these things. Sometimes when God speaks to us, you and me, sometimes it doesn't make sense. And when I spend time with God, I get to understand what it means for me to follow him and to say yes to him. And some other times, if I actually don't know the voice of God, this will be like me saying, And I just said that I love you guys and I'm really happy to be here and I don't know what else to say. This is exactly what I just said. But if I don't know how God speaks, if I don't know his language, if I don't know the way that he speaks to me personally, I will never understand in however simple or complex way God speaks to you and me. Now, if I look at these seeds like you and me, we are like the soil. We get to receive the seeds, but some of us don't even have ears at all. So don't be surprised that actually Andrea always keeps teasing me that she thinks I'm half deaf. I went actually to get my ears checked and they told me I'm not deaf. She thinks they still told me that I have a lot of issues. But uh, sometimes I have selective hearing to what people say to me. Sometimes I'm hearing, but I'm actually not listening to what's being said. And sometimes I listen and I don't know what to do, or I actually don't do anything. Sometimes I listen, and I do. And that's obviously the ultimate thing. How many ladies here are married in the room? Don't you think your husband is the most amazing person when he actually listens and does what you asked him to do? <laughs> Can you imagine how much God thinks when we hear his voice and we say, yes, God, and I'm not just saying, I'm actually doing what he said to you and me to do. I, um, I had the privilege to be leading the youth at our church uh, for a few years with Andrea. And um, we always get this scenario that uh, someone calls me up and he tells me, I want to meet with you. I need to ask your opinion uh, with something. So I actually... Um, had a guy call me up just this last week and told me we need to talk, okay? So I told them, like, I have elders meeting tomorrow, so we, I can either meet you from, half past, from 8 to half past 8 or from 1 until 12, or later on we can then spend a bit of... No, 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 we have to do it first thing in the morning. Okay, great. Um, David, I really feel this. God put it in my heart. It's a girl. And look at my very surprised face. Very, very, very surprised. So I kept hearing his story. And he told me, no, but I already told her. No, but I already, we spoke about this. I'm just going to wait until the, this year ends. And then we're going to start being in a relationship. 
But I just want to hear your opinion. I'm like, why do you want to hear my opinion? You've made the plan already. And sometimes I go to God and I say to him, please help me. Lord, listen, I made my plans. I've put all of these plans in place. Imagine these guys that actually share testimonies with us, already put the offer in, pray, uh, um, uh, put finances in, asked the people for money and did all of that. God, please tell me that you're in this. After the plan was already made, it actually... You will think as a human being that this other person is not serious about wanting to hear what God has to say or what the leader has to say, whatever the case may be. And then I have other kind of people that are there, they enjoy being in the community, but that personal aspect of connecting together is not there. But then when he got caught with weed and he was in trouble and he was about to be suspended, the very first person before mom and dad was David to be called, please, you really need to come and help me. So I went there and I sat and I chatted and we went through it and we spoke to the parents. Thank goodness he didn't get suspended. I didn't speak to the principal. I don't know what happened there. But what I'm saying here is that I am a human being that's called by God to have influence on other people around me. And I get to see exactly what I do to God sometimes. I get to sometimes run to him and tell him, please help me, I'm desperate, I'm in trouble. But I have every opportunity that I actually, when, I, when the time is, when I'm not in the battle, I think uh, Shelby and Kayla will remember this. I always say to the guys at youth, um, I've always learned that it's too late to equip yourself with how to learn how to use a weapon when the battle has already started. But when I'm in time of peace, it's the best time that I can get to know how this thing works. When I'm in time of just can spend time with God every single day, I can sit by his feet and say, God, what are you saying? What are you whispering? Are you saying something that's very, very obvious and I'm not opening my eyes? Are you saying something to me that's very challenging and I really don't want to hear it? So I'm going to make my plan, but still want your stamp of, of approval on it. Or would I be willing to say, God, yes. Honestly, guys, I shared my story with you in the beginning because it was very, very, very hard for me to say no to what I said no to. And if I can tell you one thing that does sometimes, like, um, come in at, uh, like if, if I have a battle that I need to fight all the time, is to know that my family, my future, and these kids that we have are God's. And I need to trust him every single day because of what he said in the first place. One little bit of, uh, of an extra thing in our story is that our visa expires to be here in South Africa in two weeks. <laughs> and we haven't heard anything back from Home Affairs for the last, I don't know, whatever, because of COVID. And we're going to be allowed to stay here, but we can't leave. So you guys are stuck with us. <laughs> But even in this, I know that God is in control. And you know why? Because I believe God spoke. And on his word, I'm relying on that. I have no other, I think even our insurances might stop. But God's word is never going to stop with us. Everything is built on what God said in the first place. And I'm asking you tonight, these doors of opportunities that God has given you, would you be willing to walk in it even if he tells you, leave everything behind? Follow me. 
leave your, your upbringing, your culture, your people, everything. Follow me. But watch what I'm going to do. The snowball of, of, of opportunities that we're going to get, like we've heard in the beginning of the meeting, that's God speaking to you and me. God is saying to us today, be obedient with what I'm saying to you today. And if you don't know what is God's call for your life, start by make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then watch what God is going to do with that. I think our ultimate thing, since if you've heard since you were young, uh, I have a calling, I just need to figure it out. Put your hand up. If you've heard this saying before, people taught you, people, you've heard it from other people that we all have a calling, we just need to figure it out. Am I the only one? Did you guys? Oh, okay. This feels a little bit better that you guys. <laughs> and a lot of times I'm so discontent with the opportunities that God gives me today because I'm waiting for what's green on the other side. While actually, if you live in this area, or if you're from this church or one of the other churches that are partnering in the area here, that's where God called you today. Walk in those doors of opportunities today, those relationships, those lost people around you, your neighbors, the people around you, walk in those, and then watch what God does with that to open even more doors for you you're going to be familiar to hear God's voice to walk in those very first doors to walk into other ones. In Romans 8:28 it says, "And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose." It's God's purpose, not yours and mine. Sometimes we also think that I'm sure God is going to call me to the one nation I really, 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 really don't want to go to. But God sometimes births desires in you and me for us to actually fulfill his purpose. The reason I, I the way I get to know his purpose is hearing his voice. Then I know what's in my heart is aligning with his or not. If I don't know how to hear his voice, I'm going to be lost forever. And the best way to start with if you want a practical way to hear God's voice, read his word. Sometimes some of these young guys that come and talk to me and they tell me, I want to know what's God called on my life. Do you read your Bible every day? No, but I just want to know what God has for me. I'm like, I can't do that. This can't be the summary of the whole series that you were supposed to watch and you can watch it in five minutes so you know all the spicy things. <laughs> you actually need to spend time with God. You need to nourish the soil and watch how these seeds grow. Watch it. I don't know. You guys had rain here like us yesterday. Yeah. I woke up this morning and when, we, when I arrived at church, I was like, yes, everything looks so nice, clean and green and not dusty. <laughs> it actually feels like all of a sudden plants came up overnight. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like that? When you have plants that are grounded and you water it, watch what happens. Watch God's goodness over you that washes you, cleanses you, that makes you look amazing in his kingdom because of his call over your life. We often tell people that anointing is so attractive. Sometimes you see, I definitely saw that with my wife. I don't know what the heck she saw in me. We were actually talking about it at Craig's house earlier. 
I did not dress very well. My accent was even worse than now. And uh, I was not like so good in a lot of other things. Yet this amazing looking lady really likes me. And then I start liking her back after that. I was just slow, guys. I was slow. <laughs> in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. By the testing. We get to test things. So if you and I are willing to hear God's voice and walk in His will, I need to be willing to let go when he says, let go. I need to let go of my dreams when he says to me, actually, these were your dreams. These were not mine. So let it go. Sometimes I go to God and I'm really holding with my dear life for these things that I put all my hope in. And God says, that's not what I have for you. What I have for you is something even way better. Maybe you physically don't see it right now. I know some of the guys that spoke a bit earlier personally, and I know that what they left behind felt at the time more amazing to what they were going to. Yet God in his goodness doesn't just promise us butterflies everywhere. God promises us real relationship with him, hearing his voice, and the security that you and I can walk in is knowing that we're in God's will. I'm walking in the right door, so he's got me. He's got everything in my past, present, and future because he's God. He's put me and you together. The best thing you and I can do as we trust God for this time to be equipped is to say, first, God, I want to hear your voice. And as I hear your voice, give me the boldness to say yes to the things that you call me to do. Sometimes we, we hinder what God is saying but by being so distracted by what the world is saying. I'm sure you guys have heard endless things about the season that we're in. The theories, the opinions, the fear, the unknown future. The many people that told me, what the heck are you doing here? You guys should go back home. You will not believe it. When people hear our stories and they don't know Jesus, they're like, you're crazy. Why would you leave Europe or Egypt and be here? No one will understand it. The Pharisees did not understand Jesus when he spoke because they did not know him. They, that didn't make any sense to them what these seeds mean. Of course it's not going to make sense. I would rather be known as a person that obeys God and don't make sense to the world then someone who's trying to please everyone in the world, and hopefully in the process I'm going to keep my call going. If I listen to everyone else's opinion, if, if I go around and tell people God said, but he actually didn't say, if you go to one of your leaders and tell them, God said, I need to go there, they'll tell them, amazing, go. If God said, what can this leader even say to you? <laughs> hey? If I come and tell you God said to me, be here in South Africa, I don't think any of you can argue me out of it because I really believe God has said that. But to be honest with you, 
that process took a lot of me to work it out with my leaders, with my family, with people that know me well, but I needed to process all of that with them. So if we are hearing God's voice, put it to test. First, with the word. If it passes that test, take it to the community around you that knows you, but also knows Jesus. If I go to my friends that don't know Jesus and tell them that, a lot of them didn't agree with me when I was leaving. Because things were going well for me. But God had a different plan. So last thing is that if I have the willingness to say to God today, speak, I'm going to listen. Speak, I'm going to listen, and I'm going to do. If you have that, that kind of heart attitude, or, or we have that kind of attitude every single day, because sometimes we can walk through the very first door and then forget about God's voice. And the further away you go, the more lost you're going to feel. And then we look back and say, God, why did you do that? Remember what the Israelites did when they left Egypt. God said, and they left. And as they, they got lost in the process, that the one who set them free is the one that's getting blamed at that moment. They got lost for so long. The promised land was not what God promised in the first place because of their wrongdoing. And sometimes we fall into that trap. We say, God, you said. God, you told me to marry her. God, you told me to marry him. God, you told me to say yes to this job. God, you told me to travel. God, you told me this. God, you told me that. Actually, when I went there, watch the practicality of it. I actually never looked for a Christian community around me. I actually never spent time with God. And I wonder why today I don't serve Jesus. I know of quite a few people like that. They say, but God, you sent me there. Some people, even it ended in, in their divorce or their family relational breakdown. Because God called us to go somewhere. But something along the line went wrong. And I stopped hearing God's voice. Try it at home with your spouse or with your sibling or whoever you can have a bit of fun with. Look at the other or the opposite direction to them and tell them to give you direction, but you need to be walking a bit, uh, quite a bit far from them. And see how more confused you're going to feel if they keep their voice the same tone, but the further away you walk from them. Try to even be blindfolded. Just don't do it by where there is a ditch or something, because you might get hurt. Imagine us in our relationship with Jesus doing that. Saying, God, thank you that you're talking to me. Now I can put my blindfold on and I can trust you and I can walk. But I'm actually not walking in step with him. The Bible tells us to be in step with the Holy Spirit to where he is, what he's saying and what he's doing. And that's my encouragement to you. So can I ask you, if you feel comfortable, close your eyes with me. And I really sense God is going to do something very significant with some people here tonight. And I believe that as the Holy Spirit ministers to you, 
hear this while you have your eyes closed. We have a young family in our church that their uh, very small little girl was diagnosed that she's going to having be having hearing aids for the rest of her life. She went from one operation to the other to the other, and every single specialist and doctor told them there is no hope. She's going to have to have these devices on her and be prepared for a lifelong journey. They kept praying and praying and praying. Two weeks ago, they go to the specialist. They put this machine in to check the eardrum. And all of a sudden, there is blood flow again in the eardrum. They threw away these devices that were going to be on her for the rest of her life. This little girl is called Layla, and she goes, Come on, Mom and Dad. God heed me. Let's just move on now. Let's go to the next thing. And I want to ask you tonight, if you're trusting God to hear your spirit, heal your spiritual eardrum tonight, I want you to stand with me. If you feel like God is talking to you, from what you've heard tonight, and there is a different way, different depth, different understanding of God's voice in your life. If you desire God to speak to you this evening, stand with me. And will you, will you just raise your hands with me? I believe that as you do that, with nothing in your hands, you say, God, I'm here. This is me. I don't know how to do it. Or I knew how to do it, but now I got lost in the way. Holy Spirit, will you touch us this evening? Will you hear, heal our hearts, our ears, our minds as we hear your word, as we respond to it. God, give us boldness as these guys are lifting their hands. I pray that they walk out of this place with more courage, more boldness, more passion for your word, more passion for your kingdom, more understanding for what you've called us to. Holy Spirit, I pray, set us free. Set us free. I really do sense that there is a few people here that maybe the circumstances that you've been going through is what's blinded you lately. You might have been suffering from depression or something that's really negative that's gone wrong in your life. And God is saying, I'm going to heal that. God's saying, you're not here by chance. You are not walking out of here depressed. You are not walking out of here looking through these wrong glasses. Take them off. God has freedom for you. Thank you, Jesus.